Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, hosted by two entrepreneurs, Chris Beoso and Armando Pantoja. Tune in to learn more about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode to the Latin Wealth Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, make sure you guys definitely stick around. This is going to be a phenomenal episode. And if you guys have been listening for a while now, do us a huge favor and leave a rating and review on this podcast episode. Um, we got Armando back on the show. We're going to be discussing some very uh, heavy topics today. A lot of things that are going on in the world. There's a lot to cover. And so this is definitely going to be one that you guys want to pay attention to. Uh, with that being said, Armando, how are you doing? How you been, man? I'm great, man. Uh, how about yourself? I'm blessed and well. Everything's going good. So let's just jump right into it, man. So with everything going on in the world, there's a lot. You know, there's inflation, there's gas prices that are hitting um, all-time high prices. You know, we got the war with UK Ukraine and Russia. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden just signed a crypto executive order. There's a lot going on. So we want to break down some of these things, right? Um, I think we can kind of start off with the the war that's going on. And, um, you know, if you guys are, are living underneath the rock, and you don't know what's going on. Essentially, Russia has invaded and attacked Ukraine, uh, a very devastating situation for the people of Ukraine. We definitely want to pray for them and whatnot. Um, you know, we, we don't really want to dive too much into the political side of this, but we want to dive into how it's going to affect the market and how it's going to affect the United States. I mean, you see... Companies like Visa and MasterCard, they're, they're banning their service out there in Russia right now. Um, gas prices are exploding because of the situation. And um, yeah, let's, let's, let's dive into it, man. What, what are your thoughts about everything that's going on and how you think it's going to affect the, the market? And then we'll stick around because we're going to talk about um, the crypto executive order and some other things as well. Yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, I just want to say, that, you know, it's, it's a you know, it's a sad situation yeah. that's happening over in uh, Ukraine, and my heart goes out to my prayers go out to all those affected over there. Uh, but I just want to talk a little bit about the economic aspect of it. You know, not try, not not trying to be you know cold hearted or you know insensitive, but just want to talk about you know some of the financial aspects of things. Right. So uh, one of the biggest things that I think that happened over there is that when they, uh, for those who don't know, uh, so Russia invaded Ukraine, the world and a lot of big corporations are angry about that because they feel like the war was unjust. They feel like that uh, Ukraine, I'm sorry, Russia was, uh, is, a, is, is, is being the aggressor in this war, you know, unfoundedly. And they, they feel like the Ukraine is a victim, which is uh, what a lot of corporations and a lot of a lot of governments around the world think. So when Russia invaded, uh, they wanted to you have to punish them through sanctions, through removing them from certain systems. So one of the biggest things I think that will affect us down the line is that um, for those of you who don't notice, it's, it's a banking system called the SWIFT banking system. Mm -hmm. So whenever two, whenever you're in another country and you send money to like a foreign country, you have to go through this this uh, this clearinghouse or whatever, this central point. And the central point is like this is, is, is where all international, like U.S. sends money to Europe. I'm mean, sorry, to U.K. or or Russia sends money over to Canada. They have to go through the central system. It converts the money, clearinghouse for all the funds and everything like that. Mm. So that connector is how two countries connect. Like if I have to, if a, a corporation in Russia has to send money out to a corporation in the U.S. for maybe marketing or maybe 
anything, they have to use that system. So the uh, the deciders, whoever the deciders are for that system, decided because Russia was the, the aggressor in this war, they were going to remove Russia off of the SWIFT banking system, right? So now Russia can't send wire transfers out of the country. So it, it affects a lot of their corporations. It affects a lot of their people. It affects a lot of the companies in the economy. Here. And so this, this, I don't want to say this is, this is, this is what's going to happen now, I believe, mm-hmm. is that it actually is a case for Bitcoin, right? Now, I'm not saying that the suffering over there, you know, I'm happy about that. I'm just looking at what's, what, you know, what's it right in front of us, is that because Russia has been removed off their system, they're looking at creating their own crypto and, and, you know, so they don't have to, you know, go through that system anymore. And the scary thing is, is that Russia may be rightly, you know, removed from the SWIFT Vegas system. But now a lot of other countries are looking at that. They haven't done anything now and saying, man, is that easy? To remove you off the SWIFT bank system and destroy your economy, we have to remove ourselves from dependence on that and start building our own uh, cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. and digital payment networks, right? So I think a lot of countries that may not be involved in this conflict are going to get scared because they saw what, you know, a, a handful of people can decide to ruin your economy, right? For whatever reason, just like this time is a just reason or maybe an unjust reason later on down in the future. So I think a lot of this is going to, open up a lot of countries to looking more and more at crypto so that they can protect their economies in the future uh, in cases like this. So uh, so I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, mm-hmm. you know, but I just, I could see it happening though. Right. Absolutely. And you mentioned that other countries looking to um, look more into crypto. Um, that's kind of a, a good segue to talk about the executive order that was signed by president Joe Biden um, the other day he um, signed the executive order and basically what they want to do is kind of create a strategy to study the risk and benefits of crypto right and the goal of the executive order is to promote innovation in the industry while minimizing risk to americans and global financial system um and and, and yeah and eventually they want to uh, do some more research about developing its own digital dollar which is very interesting um, so when you think about things like uh, I think I was reading this stat was in 2021, as far as scams goes in crypto, I think it was like eight billion dollars or something crazy like that. It's just it's an industry that just keeps growing and growing. So they want to look more into that and they want to, I guess, better regulate that uh, when it comes to crypto, NFTs and whatnot. If you've been in NFTs, chances are you've been rug pull at some point. You've been scammed at some point. It's at this point, it's it's part of the part process. Of the game, yeah, it's part of yeah. the game. Now. It's part of the game, exactly. So um, they signed that executive order. Nobody really knew what was going to go on when when they they announced that, but they it kind of I think it's kind of a good thing because they're going to really look so. into uh, the risk and benefits of, of this whole thing. So, what are your thoughts about the executive order? Now, I got two sides to this, right? I think, like you said, it's a good thing. Uh, the U.S. is going to invest money, invest time, uh, invest resources to, you know, doing these things like research and pr- pushing innovation. Uh, and I think that's good for crypto. I, I think the U.S. is finally figuring out they can't fight this. They have to embrace it. And mm-hmm. that's what we have to do because countries that embrace cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency was designed so that countries that, encrypt, that embrace it fat, the first would get the most benefits down the line. Yeah. Early adopters benefit from embracing Bitcoin early. 
So that's why El Salvador is going to do a good because they did it a year or two ago, right? right? They embraced it. But I think the U.S. is starting to figure this out. Remember, U.S. has a history of the last four or five years of fighting Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, through the SEC, through IRS, through all these things, they've been fighting it. They don't, they didn't like it at first, but now they've. It's like, it's like the, you know, what they say, you can't beat it, so join it. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that is the scary part: is that if the, the U.S. has a history of seizing assets that they can't fight, and I'm gonna tell you this: in 1933, uh, I believe it was in the early 30s. So I, I think it was 1933, but it may have been another date. Maybe I'm wrong. The U.S. Uh, the, the U.S. dollar was falling in value. Right. So they passed an executive order to go. And most people don't even realize this even happened. It sounds so crazy that people it sounds like I'm just some kind of conspiracy theory. But I want you to look it up, put it in your Google, research it, go go to several different sources. You'll know it just happened. 1933, uh, around that time, U.S. dollar was losing value. They had to shore up the uh, the dollar. So they passed the law and said, we're going to pay a certain amount for the gold. And if you have gold after this date. It's illegal. It's a mm. felony. So they went door to door, collected everybody's gold, gold and the watches, necklaces, everything, put it in Fort Knox to shore the U.S. dollar up. Mm. And then anybody that had, you had to sell it for that price that they set. And, and after that point, it was illegal to hold personal gold in your house. Wow. So if you got caught with it after, you're going to jail, federal prison. I, think, I believe five years. So, and then shored up the dollar that kept the value. So, so, so I can not- see a... Not to cut you off, when you say they go to their doors, are they just taking their gold for nothing, or are they compensating? No, they they they, they compensate. So they, when they pass the act, when they pass the act, they set a price. It's like mm. this gold is worth. I think it was like thirty five dollars an ounce. This is what it's worth, and that, that's it. It's not going to change. But that's we and we're going to go buy it for you. We're going to pay you for it, but but you're going to have to give. If you don't give it up, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and this actually happened wow. <laughs> in that's the United States. Yeah, so took everybody's gold, put it in for us, and later on they let people you could have private holdings of gold again. But I can see them doing something like this with crypto. I mean, maybe not now, maybe not 10 years, 20 years down the line. I can see down the line the US dollars losing value and they start doing something like that. Right? But it's nothing to be afraid of. You know, the thing about it, like on my Instagram, I was talking about this. People think, oh, you're against Bitcoin. No, I'm just talking about the different possibilities of things that can happen. Mm-hmm. Now I believe that's probably probably won't happen. And if it does, we'll see the signs leading up to it for years in advance. But I just want the people to understand that the possibility is out there that they could do that. Right. But that doesn't mean Bitcoin's not keep going up. That means that doesn't mean it's not a good investment. I just like talking about that possibility. Right. Right. Um, and the other thing is what's interesting is they, they mentioned minimizing risk. So I can only imagine in some shape or form, you know, the, the volatility they're going to want to. I, I guess control that a little bit. Correct me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Um, they want to control that a little bit. So, is there going to be a point where maybe crypto? We know Bitcoin may get to this point, but we won't see as many crazy gains within crypto because it's going to the, the risk are going to be minimized and they're going to control some of those gains. What, what do you think about that? So, in a market like stocks, crypto, you know, uh, commodities, anything like that. You control volatility with three ways, right? The first way is through regulation. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in the stock market, if, the, if I don't know, I'm not going to say the right number because I don't really know the right percentages, but I believe it's 8% so, or 7%. So if a stock, wait, you are getting more in a stock drop 7%, they do what's called a, uh, they do a, a short circuit, a mm-hmm. circuit breaker, right? So for 15 minutes or whatever time they decide, they stop trading. So it stops wow. it from free falling. 
And they do that in the stock market, right? If it goes up too high, they'll do the same thing. And it's a page on the uh, on the uh, the SEC website that tells you which stocks have been halted for that day. Mm. So if our stock goes up too far, too goes up fast enough, or goes down go down fast enough, they'll halt it so that people can you know have time to come to their senses or whatever. Yeah. And that's one way that stops volatility during the mm. day. That's regulation, right? The other way is through the more people get into an asset, the more you know. Once it's too many exchanges with Bitcoin, they're all over the place. So it's over time they're going to get the volatility is going to go down naturally because and it has went down, right? Because I remember when I first started Bitcoin ten years ago, it go up eighty percent a day. Down 80%, up 80%. That this is what we see today is nothing. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I had a friend, this was back in 2016. I called him up and said, Hey man, Bitcoin's up 20% today. He said, Man, that's nothing. He said, Call me back when it's up 40%. I, he hung, he like hung the phone up on me because 20% wasn't nothing back yeah. then. Like that was, it went up 20, 30% every day. So I mean, it, it would double in three days sometime in 16, like nothing, mm-hmm. you know. But now the volatility is going down because the market's maturing. And the third way you stop uh, you stop volatility mm-hmm. uh, is through uh, is through derivatives. Mm-hmm. Derivatives is like options, futures, uh, you know, all of these things. Are, like you have one stock, you have a, a bunch of derivatives around it. Like uh, you know, options options stop uh, volatility. Deri- you know, futures stop volatility. Co- different types of contracts stop volatility. So when I, when they that's one that's one way they stopped the price in two thousand end of two thousand seventeen. Uh, Trump, the Trump administration allowed shortening Bitcoin for the first time mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Now, when they allowed you to short Bitcoin, which means you make money on the way down, it's through a derivative. Uh, it, it stopped a lot of the volatility. It don't. It, it, Bitcoin don't move. It hasn't moved the same since. It's been, you know, it hasn't because it, it's when it's going up, people are shorting it, so it's bringing mm-hmm. the price down. Right? It hasn't moved away the same ever since. So, and if you add other different derivatives all on that on the Bitcoin, the volatility starts like leveling yeah. out. You know, and it's not it's not going to be as violent as it has been in the past. So those three ways is going to stop volatility in Bitcoin. So but that's a good thing for Bitcoin, because over time, we, we the bank, the real banks, 401ks, uh, you know, IRAs, so they don't like so they don't like volatile assets because volatility causes a person, for example, a person, a normal average American that ain't in the investments, that's not in the stocks, that's just working a job and have, they don't like big gains or big losses because it makes them make a decision, mm-hmm. right? If you all of a sudden look at your 401k, it's up 30%, you pay, oh my God, I got to make a decision. Do I sell? Do I get out? You know, they don't like that. Mm-hmm. The average person just wants steady gains over a long period of time. Right. It makes it it's easier to understand. It's easier to make decisions. Banks like it. Institutions like it. So that's where Bitcoin has to go for it to be a real asset that we buy and sell things like a real a true currency. It has yeah. to eventually go there. So I yeah. think that's where it's going to end up going. Speaking of currency, um, the other interesting thing was they want to develop, eventually do some research and develop their own digital dollar. Now, in your perspective, uh, what what is that going to be backed by? Um, and what do you think the uses are? Are we literally going to be using this like in our everyday life, you believe? Or what do you think? That's the scary part. What is it going to be backed by? Are they going to seize the Bitcoin and back in the Bitcoin? Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. That's the scary part. Mm. It's like, what is it going to be backed by? Gold? They don't, you know, U.S. dollars not backed by gold. They can back it by U.S. dollars, maybe like some stable coins are. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of weird. Like, like that's that's what uh, the rich dad or poor dad guy. He came out with a. Uh, he came out today or yesterday, yesterday or today, and he said that he his fear was that the government was gonna 
creditors of the dollar, seize all the cryptocurrency and then back their dollar with that digital currency. Mm. So they, that's, the, that's the risk, right? But uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's, it's interesting to just think about it, talk about it. No, for sure. It definitely is. That's crazy. So uh, transitioning a little bit back to what we were talking about initially, gas prices have been hitting all-time highs. I mean, shout out to the people in California. I used to live out there. Yeah. They are <laughs> they're going through it. I'm sure obviously other states are. You know, I'm out here in Dallas, Texas. You know, the prices are getting up here. So, but anyways, um, you know, Russia is the third largest oil producer in the world. And they have about 11% of the total world shares of all oil production. So they um, they produce a lot of oil out there, right? So it, it just it gives us a reason why the prices are going up, also due to an inflation and some other measures as well. Man, what, what are your thoughts about these gas prices? I've been doing some research. A lot of, most of the people I've, actually, I'll say this. Nobody has said that this thing is stopping anytime soon. I don't think so, man. Like they say the prices are going to just keep going up. I say I, I think it's going to ten dollars a gallon. I mean, just I know it's like in California, but it's sort of all over the country. Average price, and I can't see possibly how I could stop. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a concept in economics called sticky prices, mm-hmm. and what it means is that once prices go up, it's hard for a corporation stuff to drop them back down. Mm-hmm. It's easier for a price to go up than come down, mm-hmm. right? Because if once prices go up, it's, it's a lot of resistance to drop those prices, mm-hmm. right? Because the like. So the oil companies are making a lot of money. Whoever's the maybe the oil transporters and whoever's making a lot of money. So now they don't want to. They don't want to drop the price, even if the outside like uh, the outside like market changes. They're not going to want to drop the prices. Yeah. It's hard to drop prices because projections stuff within a company after those prices already set. So uh, so I think because of that, the price is going to go up higher and higher and higher. You know, as, as time goes on, I can see us paying eight to ten dollars a gallon in the next six months to a year. I'm I'm wondering if Elon Musk is sitting back and just smiling because, <laughs> you know, this is going to yeah. cause more people to get electric cars, you know, in that market. Yeah, but there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, competition in that now with Ford oh, yeah, and Chevy. They come, you know, they come out with more electric cars, too, but he's going to benefit from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another company that I wanted to to break down on here real quick that just recently hit the news is the Amazon split which was pretty damn big. Um, if you don't know what a split is on episode 16, Armando and I broke down what a split is. And we spoke about the Google split on that episode. Definitely check that episode out if you want to know more about a split. But they did a 20 to 1 split. The stock was up 6% after they announced it. I think it actually went to like 8%, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I didn't even know this, but this is Amazon's fourth split. This is the fourth time they split since they IPO'd in 1997 and yeah, it's, but it's the, been a long time since they split right yeah and it's it's like been the first years. <laughs> it's been the first split since 1991 so yeah. uh very interesting and this is something else that's pretty interesting um amazon shares are up over 4300% since the last time they split uh very interesting stuff man what what is your perspective on everything that's going on uh with the split i mean this is this is for the people that have been holding amazon this is huge Amazon's going to get uh, the thing about this. Amazon split is good. And I think Amazon's price is going to go up a lot because of it. But the, the, the risk is that Amazon, man, is going to get an antitrust suit against them soon. 
every big company goes through that. Remember Microsoft back in the 90s, they went through it, Facebook, every company goes through it. Amazon hasn't went through their trials yet. So mm. uh, I don't know what could happen after that. Normally what they do is they break up a company because it's illegal for a company to be vertically integrated like they are. Mm-hmm. You know, from If they own the, that's a monopoly, right? If they own the yeah. point of, uh, they, they, if they own the point of manufacture to the point of delivery, yeah. it's a monopoly. So uh, they're clo- very close to doing that, right? They don't manufacture a lot of stuff, so that's mm-hmm. that kind of gets them out of it. But if somebody can argue that you know, they are, it's 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 kind of scary right there. Right. But I think in the short term, uh, the price is gonna do very well after the split because it allows a lot of people. And people, are, and I'm gonna say two things: it allows a lot of people who normally couldn't get into the stock to now to get it. So if they do a split today, three thousand is now one fifty a share. Mm-hmm. So and then people, always, then people always respond to that. They're like, "Well, they got fractional investing." But the, the problem is, is that in the average, the mind of the average retail investor, they see the price 3000 they, they don't, you know, you see what I'm saying? It don't matter if I can buy a piece of whatever. That's why a lot of cryptos start out a lot cheaper. People are more interested in Dogecoin mm-hmm. than there are Bitcoin. Yeah. Why does it matter when it's all fractional anyway? Because the price is a right. mental block, right? You see that 48000 38000 with Bitcoin, you're like, I can't afford it. Even though you could buy a piece of it. You can explain it to people all you want. They'd rather own a whole Dogecoin Mm-hmm. One Dogecoin did a piece of a Bitcoin. Yeah. So now somebody can put $150 in the Amazon. They own a whole Amazon share. It's a psychological thing. And it causes more people to come into the stock. It causes more pressure, buying pressure. And it causes the stock to go up. So I think because they, I think they made a smart move. I think they had to do it because the shareholders was not going to allow them to like not do it. Because yeah, the shareholders, the current shareholders know that all they got to do is announce that their price is going to go up. So they got to put pressure on the uh, on the CEO and, you know, all the, uh, uh, I guess, the uh, pressure on the uh, management and said, mm-hmm. look, man, you got to do a split. And you remember the shareholders have the power in the company. So they, they demanded it and they got it. Absolutely. And so if you guys are wondering, like, hey, when can I can I still buy the, this Amazon stock before the split? Do your due diligence, but I I think I was reading that you can buy the stock by May 27th, and then after that, this this split's gonna happen. So you have until then to buy it if you choose to do so. I think they have to uh, they have to have like a case where they officially approve it before then. But just do your do 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 some research about that. Um, look into that, and I think it's on May 27th that you should be able to get in before the split happens. Um, man, with everything going on in the world, have you heard anybody in your inner inner circle or anybody around you? Um, I know I have people talking about a recession. What are your thoughts about this? You think yeah. we're heading towards that? Um, and how I want to, you know, we spoke about a lot here, but I want to break down kind of how people can prepare um, for everything that we just spoke about. And I think this war is already, I think we're in a recession right now, but the, the, the definition of a recession is that it has to be, it has to be two quarters of yeah. negative growth, yep. right? But but you don't know that until you've already been through two quarters. So <laughs> yeah. you don't know, you, you don't, you don't know you're in a recession until you're already six months in the recession. Mm-hmm. So we could be in a recession right now. Mm-hmm. But like I said, is that, uh, I don't know. I think, I think that I'm pretty sure that we're, something's going to happen and mar- the stock market's receding, crypto's receding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could be in a bubble on a lot of industries. So I think that if we are in a recession, I mean, that's it's, it's, it's money to be made in a recession as well, yeah. right? You have to just be more rational and more, you know, you, you have to be you know, understanding stuff even more because there's businesses out there that, you can, that, that are recession-proof. Yeah. Hairstylers, barbers, uh, 
you know, anything where repair businesses, you know, computer repair, tech companies, yeah, all this stuff company. is recession proof. You just have to start changing your mind from growth companies to recession proof businesses. Yeah. You can still make money in stock market. You can still make money in crypto. You can still make money on your personal businesses. Commodities. You just have to start changing mindset. Commodities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Change your mindset from gro- from extreme growth like we've been experiencing over the years to more like and more rational mm-hmm. and more uh, recession proof businesses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we definitely wanted to come on here and talk about a little bit about what's going on in the world right now. There's, there's a lot more going on, but we definitely wanted to touch on a couple of things. And the biggest thing is we want to educate you guys and empower you guys to go out and invest, right? This is the whole point of listening to the Latin wealth is to invest and empower yourself and your family, create that generational wealth. You talk about a recession, this is definitely an opportunity for people to make some money, right? Things are going to be on discount, crypto stocks. Um, things are already on discount as it is. So uh, we'll see where things go. We'll definitely keep you guys updated. Um, Armando, did you have anything else that you wanted to touch on today? I don't have anything else I want to touch on. Just, I just want to repeat, uh, if we are in a recession, you just have to change your mind to it. You can still make money. Could still grow. You could still be financially set. You just have to switch your mind from one side to the other, mm. and be able to see what's coming in. You know, just buckle down and learn more, uh, understand these things more. Yep, yep. Um, that's it. We're gonna wrap it up for today. Uh, make sure you guys share this with somebody that needs to hear this information. And it's the Latin Wealth Family checking out. Peace. Thanks, guys.